And we are live. How are we doing, Wolfpack fans? This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports, the only student-ran sports podcast here on campus. I am your host, Austin Paschke, joined by my co-host, Tyler Seth. How are we feeling today? The date is February 3rd, the day after the Super Bowl. We having Super Bowl uh, hangover? No more football anymore? A little depressing? A little depressing, but we still got the XFL, right? The XFL is here. Oh, boy. And if we were betting men, which we are not, we'd be Never. L- loving that the XFL is here so we have something to bet on <laughs> besides college basketball, which can be ever so um, unpredictable. That yes. is for sure. But uh, it's going to be a great episode today. I'm very excited to get started. We have more football news. It just never stops. Football never sleeps. We got women's tennis, track and field, swimming and diving, men's basketball, women's basketball. We got baseball. We got everything. Oh, yeah. It's, this is your one-stop shop. There's nothing else that breaks down all packed sports like we do. It's going to be a great ep- episode. We are really, really excited, and uh, stay with us. And we are back, ready to rock and roll. Uh, we'll start off with the football news like we always do. It seems like every episode there is at least something coming in through the pipeline. This one broke last week. We are a little bit late, but we are going to announce it today. We have a new safeties coach. Ronnie Wheat will join the Nevada football team, and this dude's a national champion. Yeah. He is a national champion. He won the national championship literally this year, like not even a month, I guess, yeah, not even a month ago now. Uh, He was a lead defensive analyst for LSU. Ronnie Wheat is now a uh, Wolf Pack yeah, part of the Wolfpack. Yeah. He, he is a fellow uh, Wolfpack coach, and he's, he had seven seasons with the LSU football program, joined the Tigers in 2013, eventually made his way up to lead defensive analyst under coordinator Dave Aranda, who was just named the head coach at Baylor. So he has a winning record, that is for sure. He knows how to win at the biggest stages, Huge pickup. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about some of the players that he's had the pleasure to work with, especially in the defensive backfield. You have, like, Tyron Matthew. Yeah. You have, uh, you know, all the LSU, the DBU, quote-unquote, exactly. of football. So it's like, how many people has he seen come in and out? Um, so I think it's going to be a really good hire and a good fit for uh, the Wolfpack. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, this is a great hire. When I read this, I had to do almost a double take because I didn't think we were going to be able to land someone with this high of um, stature, some, someone with – such a high reputation in the football realm, and now he's going to be coaching for us. Uh, our DBs last year, atrocious. I know we had young kids. I'm not saying our, our players were atrocious. I'm saying the overall DB secondary was not good at all. So this is a huge pickup. I think with the young guys that are coming back with a year under their belt or a couple years under their belt, and now we have someone like Ronnie Wheat, Coaching them, I think it's going to be a success story. I'm really, really happy about this get, and I'm sure next week we're going to have some more news for you guys. Yeah, huge get for football, getting us right for the 2020 season. They're already starting their grid week or eight weeks of grid or whatever they're doing. So um, football's already upon us, but we do have, obviously, a long time before the games start up. But let's dive into some men's basketball. I know this is what you guys tuned into here um, not a good week last week. That is for sure. We talked about it last week on air that those were the – arguably, we're going to look back at those. I think those were the two most important games in their entire schedule this year. Non-conference, 
Conference schedule, I don't care. That was the two most important games in their entire season, and we lost. We could not have lost any more important games than those two. Wednesday at Colorado State, we lost 91-92. That was a heartbreaker. We were watching that one at home um, right when Jalen Harris hit that with four seconds left. It was that three to give, give us the lead. I thought that we had it locked in. I was thinking four seconds, there's no way they'd be able to hit a buzzer beater. Obviously, I was wrong. And then we traveled to Boise State, got our butts handed to us. We were down by 20-something at one point. Mm-hmm. And we came back, made it a game. I think we were down by only three or two, uh, made it a game, and then just couldn't make it all the way back, though, without Jazz Johnson. That was a b- big thing we'll talk about. But after last week, we are now 13-10, and 6-5 and five in conference. We now sit sixth in the Mountain West standings after last week. Got to be top five. We've talked about that in the past as well. Uh, when the Mountain West tournament comes, we lost to Colorado State on Wednesday. Like I said, 91-92, last second buzzer beater then. Traveled to Boise, lost on Saturday, 64-73. In that Colorado State loss, though, let's let's go all the way back to Wednesday. Jalen Harris, 31 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal. Nisre, another unreal game, 17 points, 23 minutes. And then Lindsey Drew doing what he does best. He had 8 rebounds, 14 points, 3 steals, 1 block. He did foul out at the very end, which I think hurt us. Um, with that last possession because you would like to see Lindsey Drew, arguably one of our best defenders in there for that last possession as well. But going even back further to that New Mexico game, that combined in that New Mexico game and that Colorado State game, Nisre went 11 from for 12 from beyond the arc. The dude is killing it right now. He didn't obviously have that good of a game against Boise, but we're seeing glimpses of his Bryant self coming back to fruition uh, for the Nevada Wolfpack. And that is nice to kind of see him get comfortable and get loose and feel like he doesn't have to, you know, second guess his shots because Musselman's just going to take him out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He It really shows that when someone has faith in him, like he can do what he um, does best and that's score. So unreal from Nisre from a New Mexico game, Colorado State game, a little bit of a dip in that Boise State game, see if he can come back. But Jalen Harris, though, I mean, just skipping ahead to the Boise State loss, another 30-point game, six rebounds, He's just been unreal. We'll talk about it at the very end, but I think he's making a pretty nice case for Mountain West Player of the Year. Um, But in that Colorado State loss, we just did not see them take care of business, and it really hurt us. I think it was the defense that really let us down in that second half. Colorado State, in the second half, shot 61% from the field. They only shot 36% from beyond the arc, but that 61% from the field is definitely damaging. They shot a total of 53% from the field for the entire game. And you can um, key in on Nico Cavaccio, or Cavaccio, 16 points, 15 rebounds. Unreal what he was able to do against us in that game. And ultimately, I mean, like, like we talked about in the episode last week, these games are huge for seeding because now you see Colorado State up in that second place spot, tied with Boise State. Both those teams who beat us last week are now second and third in the standings. We drop all the way back to sixth. What did you see in that Colorado State game that really stuck out to you? Obviously, Jalen and Nisre did their thing, but I think the defense, which we've been very, very good at uh, as of late, kind of let us down in that second half. Yeah, I mean, in the second half, you even in the first half, I mean – Colorado State was able to shoot 45% from the beyond the arc. And what saved us is we were able to shoot 
44% beyond the arc. We were every both teams were firing back and forth. It seemed like every time we'd hit a three, they'd respond with a three and vice versa. But in the second half, I mean, it was that Adam Thistlewood show. I mean, the kid had 24. Uh, he only went three of six from beyond the arc, but seven of 10 from the field, perfect from the charity stripe. He was the one that kind of killed us because in the second half, I think we did a better job of containing Carvacho. I think him and um, David Roddy were just bullying us down low in the first half. In the second half, we really did do a better job of containing Carvacho. Uh, he had a double-double in the first half, um, I'm pretty sure. And then this wood just got hot in the second half, and it forced us to you know, have to guard that three-point line a little bit more. And then that opened up, obviously, space for Carvacho down low. But, yeah, it's just Colorado State was doing a lot of things right, and then our defense really wasn't playing the best defense in the second half. Made it a game, though. We were down, what, six with like a minute left, hit a couple of threes, mm-hmm. brought us back into it. But, yeah, just like you said, a heartbreaker at the buzzer beater. Um, that step back kind of 15, 20 footer just really broke everyone's heart, yeah. I think, um, around Northern Nevada. So, yeah, it was, that was a tough one to watch. You know, a win that we probably should have squeaked away, but, you know, you got to put your head down and move on to the next one. Yeah, definitely a game that we are going to look back on when the Mountain West tournament is starting to pick up. And we are definitely going to look at it and be like, this is a game that we wish we could have won. Because it could have easily been that we're sitting in that second place spot right now. As we're talking, we could be sitting in that second place spot. Instead, we are now sixth, and we're going to look back to the Colorado State game and be like, man, Colorado State could be in fifth right now, and we wouldn't even have to be worrying about them. But now, the if you look at the rest of the schedule, which we'll get to in just a bit, it's not like we have our fate in our own hands anymore. We don't play the teams that we need to play. We are now playing teams at the bottom of the table, and we are now seeing that now we're going to have to hope teams lose for us to get into the top three. Now we're looking at a fourth, fifth-place finish, just hoping to get that first round by. But we'll skip ahead to the Boise State loss. A heartbreaker again. I mean, 64-73. It wasn't the closest of games, but we didn't get blown out as well. Jalen, another 30-point game, six rebounds. Lindsey Drew, seven points, 10 rebounds. Other than those two, no one really stood out to me in my mind. No other player in double-digit scoring. Just couldn't get it together. Just couldn't find the basket, really. Besides Jalen Harris, no one really stood out. This was a game when Jazz Johnson was out. His shoulder is reportedly injured. We don't know how long that is going to be. Uh, we're just kind of waiting on the GOAT, Chris Murray, to kind of break that news. Uh, hopefully he'll be back because having him out, as we saw, was incredibly devastating. No one else in double digits, like we said. This was a game where we needed to see Nisre kind of do his thing. Two for ten from the field, one for seven from beyond the arc with five points. Uh, eventually fouled out of the game. K.J. Himes back to his old ways. Ten minutes, four fouls, zero points two turnovers, and one rebound. Zane Meeks was the only other bright spot. I mean, he was the second-leading scorer with nine points, but even then, it was he, he didn't really do too much. Uh, four rebounds, he only played 18 minutes. No one else wanted to step up in that Boise State loss, and if you are only going to have one person scoring the ball, plus, I mean, how many assists? Six assists for the team and 16 turnovers, you're not going to win this game. Boise State, 11 assists, only 11 turnovers. They did their thing. They had seven steals. We had three. It was just kind of not a good showing. I don't know if that was because Jazz was out. I don't know what to make of this game. I, unfortunately, was at work, but what did you see from this uh, Boise State loss? Kind of a 
a bunch of the same. It's Jalen leading the show and no one really stepping up behind him. And I agree with you. I thought with Jazz being out, you know, we've seen Nisray play some very, very good basketball off the bench. You know, now he gets his time to start and just, you know, has an off day. One for seven from behind the arc. As a team in the first half, we shot one for 10 from behind the arc. And that's kind of when we're down and we're missing people, that's our saving graces, our, our three ball, right. especially with, you know, the threats that we do have with Nisray and and Zane Meeks coming off the bench. Um, but it was just too much Boise State. I thought this team showed a lot of fight, though, at the end. They were down by, I want to say, 20, like you said. Made it kind of an interesting game, only losing by nine. You know, So they battled back, even though they were down by you know a lot of points, at um, various points during the game. But Jalen Harris can't do it all. If right. we're relying on him to drop 30, 35 a night, this team you know, needs to reinvent itself and find some, more, uh, some other scoring. Uh, Lindsey Drew, not really a good night either, but he didn't even take that many shots. He took took six shots, made three of them. Uh, only seven points with Jazz out. I think Lindsey kind of had to take over that more of a point guard role um, and distribute and find the open man. But, yeah, just kind of a disappointing loss to Boise, um, a disappointing end to that very important two-game stretch like we talked about. And, uh, yeah, we're just sitting back and hoping – you know, we get a couple more losses here and there, but, you know, it's going to be a tough road ahead. Yeah, because now we're hoping that the teams ahead of us are going to lose and we don't have any say in the future of how we're going to get for seeding-wise for the Mountain West Tournament. Uh, all we can do is just hope to beat the teams that are lower in the table and then hope that teams obviously lose. I don't think San Diego State's losing. We've talked about that. I mean, yeah, like you said, in the first half, when we can't score – um, especially shoot the ball well from beyond the arc, we're going to obviously struggle. One for 10 in the first half from beyond the arc from Nevada. Just couldn't get it going. And I would like to see Lindsey Drew press just a little bit more. Try to get those try to get those shots up. Uh, we've seen him in the past. It's not like he can't score. We've seen him in the past drop 20-plus points. And this was definitely a game where we needed him to do that. Shooting 50% from the, uh, from the field, there's no reason why he shouldn't be shooting the ball more. And uh, that was kind of... That was kind of weird in my eyes to see him not shooting the ball as much as I would hope that he was shooting would be shooting the ball. But let's just talk about Jalen Harris a little bit more and how well he's been playing. Jalen has 30 points in four different games this season, which is the first time for a pack player since Nick Fazekas in the 05-06 season. A lot of people think Nick Fazekas was, you know, is the GOAT. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of I think it's just him and Edgar Jones their uh, jerseys retired. I don't, I mean, this dude is unreal in the 05 06 season, and now we have someone that's replicating this in Jalen Harris. I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. I mean, back to back 30 point games. Obviously, I don't think he's going to do it three games in a row. That would be unreal, but he's easily going to drop more than 20. He's going to continue showing out. This dude's playing unreal basketball. I mean, Chris Murray tweeted this on January 28th. Nevada's Jalen Harris is the only Division I player in the nation this season, averaging 18-plus points per game, 6-plus rebounds per game, 4-plus assists per game, 1-plus steal per game with 40-plus made threes. Like, he can do everything. And to finish out the quote, versatile dude, and I agree with Chris. This guy can score at all levels. He can drive the ball very, very efficiently, take it to the paint, get an and one. He can shoot the ball very, very efficiently when he's when he's feeling it. And I think that we are looking at the future Mountain West player of the year. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, I mean, he's making a case to 
I mean, it's either him or Malachi Flynn. Yeah. It's the only thing that Jalen doesn't have going for him is that, you know, as a team, we're not playing as well right now. Yeah, we're not 23-0. When you look at, yeah, when you look at MVPs and, you know, player of the years in certain conferences, it usually comes from a good team and they really, you know, lead their team. But, you know, Jalen's honestly keeping this team afloat. Yeah. And I think that's um, more to be said to his credit. And I think that kind of, in my eyes, at least boosts him above Malachi Flynn. Cause I mean, Malachi has all these weapons around him. San Diego mm-hmm. States, obviously you don't get 23 and 0 without having multiple, multiple pieces, but you know, without Jalen, this Nevada team is probably at the bottom third of the mountain West standings right now. I mean, he's the one that is the driving force in some of these wins. And then even in the Colorado state game, like we saw, he took over in the second half. He scored, I think 20, something of his 30 points in the second half yeah when he wants to take over and he knows he needs to put the team on his back he will and I think the way he can just turn it on like that is you know something incredible and I think he definitely deserves player of the year and that's you know me trying to be as unbiased as possible you know because he's the team he is basically the team uh these last couple games and he's keeping us afloat right now and he's just putting up unreal numbers like I get that Malachi Flynn is also averaging over 20 points a game. He's doing unreal stuff over at San Diego State. Huge reason why they're 23-0. But like you said, they have, I mean, they have five, six, I would say, all Mountain West players over there. And they are doing unreal stuff. They're 23-0. But at the same time, I totally agree with what you're saying. Jalen Harris is our team, I would say. Without him, this is a completely different season. He's putting, especially these last couple games, putting the team on his back. And four 30-plus games, he's not done. I, I would say there's at least one maybe two more 30-point games in him to really solidify himself and say, you know, if I don't think there's any way he's not Mountain West player of the year. If it's not this year, you know what, we get him back for next year, his senior season, put some pieces around him that's going to develop nicely. And uh, not only is he in for a good year next year, but I think Nevada Hoops is in for a good year next year as well. Um, I know we were getting, obviously, a lot of young players, Sharif O'Neal, might be no. <laughs> took, took took a visit to LSU. I highly doubt yes. that he is coming to Nevada. But I mean, Coach Alfred did recruit him. There's a small connection there that we can cling on to. If for hope. any, if any Mountain West school is going to get him, it's, it's us. us yeah, you know what I mean. But I do think he's going to an LSU or someplace like that. But looking ahead, we are playing some not as important games. But I would say now looking ahead to where we are at. I mean, sixth place in the Mountain West. We are literally getting down to the last, what is that, seven games in the Mountain West schedule. This is do or die time. Every game is no longer a buy win. We have to show up and win every single game. But on Tuesday, February 4th, at home at 8 p.m., we are taking on Air Force. And then Saturday, February 8th, 4 p.m., we are taking on San Jose State at home as well. These two are not doing so hot in the Mountain West standings. Air Force is eighth at three and seven in conference, and San Jose State is tenth with three and eight in conference. So both have pretty similar conference standings. They are towards the bottom, and these are two teams that we should definitely take care of business. We already beat Air Force, and then we unfortunately lost to San Jose State on that buzzer beater, kind of like the Colorado State game, but definitely not as meaningful these two games but like i've been saying you got to win all of them and you, you can't take these lightly we should go 2 and 0 this week that'll put us nicely at a little uh 8 and 5 conference record do you think we're going to win both these two games i don't see us losing i think we take care of business against air force i think we beat them by 8 but i think we come out and 
beat San Jose State nicely. We're at home. We're going to have a little bit of vengeance on our shoulder, and I think we beat them by at least 12. How do you think these two games are going to go? I think a win in, a win against Air Force uh, is pretty likely, and I agree with 100% agree with you. I think the San Jose State game is just a revenge game. We kind of blow them out of the water, 12, 15, probably a winning margin of victory, but um, yeah, we need to go 2-0, and as we look ahead, it's we play San Diego State one more time, and then the rest of our games are kind of you know easily winnable games, kind of predicted early in the season. But mm-hmm. now it's like you said, it's coming down to the wire, and this is the time where you know true teams really step up. And like you said earlier in the season, we want to be playing our best basketball by the end of February. And right now it's first couple of days of February. Mm-hmm. So as we continue this stretch, it's going to be real important to see if this team can really respond after these couple of tough losses, um, and kind of keep the train rolling, so to say. Well, and we've done pretty well of responding, I would say, in losses. So that's why I'm, re- I'm really excited to see these next two games. And then after these two games, we got UNLV at Thomas and Mack Center February 12th, then New Mexico, Fresno State, Wyoming, and then obviously that dreaded San Diego State game where they come to Lawler their last night. Hopefully they're still undefeated because I would love to beat them on our senior night and mm-hmm. them, them be undefeated, them probably being ranked like third in the nation. At Lawler, that would be absolutely unreal. But not the hardest of games. We got the Colorado States, the Boise's, the Utah States out of the way, and now we're looking ahead for the not-so-hard schedule. But we will be able to recap that after it happens this upcoming week. Now let's take a break from the basketball talk and let's get into some of the Olympic sports that we have been covering. We'll start off with women's tennis. University of Nevada, we uh, we were 3-2. and two. Sophomore Roos Van Riek clinched the Wolfpack's 4-2 victory with a three-set win at Santa Clara, who was, who was 0-2, at the Dighiri Tennis Center on Sunday. Uh, first try. Nailed cool. it, yeah. With the win, the pack improved to 3-2 and two on the season while the Broncos fell to 0-2. Nevada plays three matches in Southern California next week at UC Irvine, at Cal State Fullerton, and conclude the weekend with a neutral site match with Grand Canyon. We'll be able to recap that after it happens. Um, but women's tennis, currently 3-2. and two. We'll skip ahead to track and field. As the Wolfpack gets to the halfway point of the indoor season, its success continues as it ties for first place in the New Mexico Team Open. The pack wrapped up its successful day with 31 t- total team points, which was good enough for a first-place tie with Washington State, a day that saw two new Nevada all-time placements and three first-place finishes. The pack will now take a week off before it travels to Boise for the third time this season to compete in the Boise State Challenge on February 14th through the 15th. So track and field having another successful another successful meet and uh, 31 total team points. And we are now going to be traveling to Boise. I don't know why we play in Boise so many, so much, so often, but, you know, it's all good. If I mean, we... it's cold, middle of February. I mean, they must have an amazing, amazing track. Yeah, it has to be indoor. <laughs> it has to be indoor. Um, but if we keep winning there, then I am not going to be too upset. So we'll be able to recap that. February 14th, 15th, track and field is back in action. And then swimming and diving, who had a very, very successful weekend. The Nevada women's swim and dive team wrapped up their regular season with a win over the New Mexico Lobos, 189-109. to Not even a match, just 
blew them out by 80 points on Friday, January 31st. The pack moves to 6-2 in dual meets on the season with the Mountain West Championship on the horizon. The meet started out with the recognition of one single senior, Tolo Doviscus, who went on to win the 100 free and take second in the 50 free. The Brazil native also swam the third leg of the 200 medley relay that won with a time 1 minute and 43 seconds. Junior and Reno native, our favorite on the team, Donna DiPolo, yeah. won the 200 free with a time of 1 minute 53.35 seconds and the 200 breast in 2 minutes 17.45 seconds. Gianni Pito finished second in the 100 breast behind Victoria Samula, who finished in one minute, 2.4 seconds. Pito also claimed second in the 200 breast with a time of 2 minutes, 22.56 seconds. Laura Isabel Vasquez Lopez, a sophomore member of the women's dive team, was named this week's Wolfpack Athlete of the Week, so congrats to her. Following her performance in the dual meet against New Mexico, the Guadalajara, Mexico native swept her individual events, winning the one and three meter diving events. Lopez won the one meter with a score of 308.55 with the three meter event with a 370.58 score, helping the pack win 189 to 109. Her scores were the top recorded on the weekend throughout all Mountain West competition. Wow. So congrats to Swimming and Dive with a great week. Uh, Like always, like we've been saying, if you do not follow Swimming and Diving, you are not following the most successful pack sport on campus, which is a shame. Nevada is now 6-2 in dual meets, 4-0 in conference dual meets. Beautiful record in that conference dual meets, 4-0. Up next, the pack prepares for the Mountain West Championships in Minneapolis, Minnesota on February 19th through the 22nd as it looks to improve on the second-place finish in 2019. For some reason, we are traveling all the way out to Minnesota. For a Mountain West (laughs) championship. Kind of interesting in that part. Uh, Maybe it's because, I don't know, maybe that's the only place they have an Olympic-sized pool. You know that we're, I think we're the only Mountain West school that does not have an Olympic-sized pool. Really? Yeah. So we have to train in a non-Olympic pool for Olympic events, and we are still... The top program in probably all of Mountain West. Yep. So it's pretty impressive. So shout out to our swimming and dive team, and we'll be able we'll be able to uh, take a look on how they do February nineteenth through the twenty second Mountain West Championships. It's kind of weird to say we had a disappointing second place finish uh, last year, but second place obviously is not bad at all, and we'll be looking to finish first. I think they can do it. It's going to be a, a tough sledding though, as everyone brings their A game. But we'll be able to recap that as it happens. Last but very not least, women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Let's get it going. First game of the week for the pack was at home against Colorado State. We were actually able to take the dub, 74-63. to 63. I mean, just able to get that all-important first win. How many games was that before? I mean, we were on a pretty – oh, we beat San Diego State, so – Okay, only two game, two game losing streak. Yeah. It's not, it's not too bad. Alyssa Jimenez, though, who is normally known for her de- defensive style of play, had twelve points on four for six shooting and was two for four from beyond the arc. Another standout, Jenna Williams, had fifteen points, six rebounds, four assists. Probably her best game of the year. 
Essence Booker and Imani Lacey also in double figures to help lead the pack to a big game. This is what we were talking about, though. This is this is a game where they were, they might have been listening to our podcast to mm-hmm. pump them up, and I'm glad we can provide that content for them. Bulletin board material, baby. Because this is what we were talking about. If you don't have a shooter, if you don't have someone else stepping up, we're never going to win a game. If I was Amanda Levins, this is probably what she did, and I would tell them there's no point of like not trying to shoot the ball or not trying to score. We're already losing. So just shoot. Just score. Just just do something. Alyssa Jimenez, just shoot the ball. If mm. you miss, okay, we're going to do the same thing we've been doing and yeah. lose. Jenna Williams, just shoot the ball. Just try something new. If you were having four players in double digits, it's going to be a very successful day for the Lady Wolfpack. So I'm glad they can get the win at home, kind of turn things around, but this is something that they should be doing every game. Uh, I mean, Amanda Levins talked about before the season starts. Or before the season started, we had so many so many good players, so mm-hmm. many competitive players. Like, oh, we have 10 players that could start. Well, we haven't been seeing it. And so I'm glad that they could turn things around. Um, but then we took on a very, very good Boise State team at home on Saturday. This one, Nevada was able to take a three-point lead into half against the fourth-best team in the Mountain West. This was almost identical to the first game we played them in Boise. I think we literally had a three-point yeah. lead at half. And then we lost it in the second half. They outscored us by 12 in the third quarter and two in the fourth quarter to win 83-72. to A career day for Imani Lacey, though. 28 points, four rebounds. Only almost hit that 30 mark for yeah. Imani Lacey. That's a huge game. Essence Booker also had a good day shooting, 50% from the field, 19 points. Other than Essence and Imani, the rest of the team had only 25 points combined. We just couldn't match them in the paint. They were able to score 70 of their 83 points from down low inside the paint. That is an unreal stat. Yeah. That is a complete unreal stat. I didn't even know that was possible. I mean, all 70, yeah. that was a real, did, that's a real stat. I, yes, I did double take. When I was writing this down, I made sure I double taked. Wow. I'm on the page right now, points in the paint, 70. I don't think I've ever seen that before. No. That's unreal. But I'm going to take the bright spot of this one and say while we did lose to Boise, one, Boise's a very, very good team. Mm-hmm. I know they're only fourth in the Mountain West right now. They're having a down year. This is still a traditionally one of the best teams in the Mountain West for women's basketball. Second, Amani Lacey is developing into probably one of the best Wolfpack players this year, men's or women's basketball. She is mm-hmm. developing at an unreal rate. 28 points. Four rebounds is an unreal stat line for women's basketball, especially in Nevada. So I want to shout out to Imani Lacey. Essence Booker, she's had a very poor, I would say, even four, three, four games. Uh, she's really, she's really hasn't shot the ball that well. And 50% from the field, 19 points is definitely what we needed to see. But then, like we've been saying, outside of that, only 25 points from other players. Um, what is kind of the positives you take away from this? And while we did go one and one last week, what are some of the negatives that we have to look for for these last was seven Mountain West games? I mean, I'll start with the positives. I think that the Colorado State game was the most complete game we played as a team all season, and that's kind of by far. I mean, Alyssa Jimenez, a career high with 12 points. Um, Jenna Williams, probably close to a career high with 15 just some of the other players we see stepping up that we've been calling for all season. Even in the Boise State game, I think we can take some positives. It's just 
we just can't really come out of the locker room, maintain a lead, or finish at the end of late games. And that's the frustrating part about this team is, you know, they play, you know, good style of basketball. And Amani Lacey dropping a career-high 28, you'd think that lead us to a win. Um, unfortunately, just no answer down low for the Lady Broncos. But looking ahead, we kind of the same as the men's team. We do play a very, very good Fresno State team at Fresno. Um, we've beaten San Diego State already. That's the last game of the season. And then a bunch of other winnable games, uh, San Jose State, UNLV, etc. So I think looking ahead to the rest of the season, you know, we have a good chance to climb up the leaderboard. We just have to keep playing complete games uh, like we did against Colorado State. And I think if Alyssa Jimenez doesn't have to score 12 points a game, but if we get someone outside the Marguerite Effa, Essence Booker, Amani Lacey kind of trio we've been seeing to step up and score in double figures and have, you know, really complete game. I think that this team can win a lot of games. I think they're just that one piece away from really being a, a contender. And this year it's kind of come from a couple different people in random games. Um, just that consistent, consistency like we've uh, asked for all season is something we're not seeing just yet. Well, and it, it kind of mirrors, like you're saying, it kind of mirrors the men's team where it's like if we do well and we – we blow teams out and we get the dub, you can usually attribute that to our assist total. Mm-hmm. And you look you look at that Colorado State game, which I agree 100% is probably the most complete game we've played all season. Mm-hmm. We've had we had four players in double digits. We Marguerite Effa was 1 point away from having five scores in double digits, 16 assists, and while we played well in the Boise State game, we only had 11 assists. And then you look at that third quarter, and coming out of the half is something you talked about. And, I mean, you look at that third quarter uh, field goal percentage, 26%. We're 4 for 15 in the third quarter. Behind the arc, we were 0 for 3, 0% from beyond the arc. It got a little bit better in the fourth quarter, but when you come out of the half so flat, so unable to shoot and score the ball, unable to really play defense at all in the paint, we're going to get our you-know-what's handed to us, and it's not going to be a pretty sight but it's just like the men's team. It's like if you if you look at our games that we do very well in, we're moving the ball efficiently, we're passing, and we're getting assist totals like crazy. 16 assists for that Colorado State game for the Lady Wolfpack is unreal, and that is a great stat line that we should try to keep going. Then you look ahead, like you said, Air Force, San Jose State, both away games, but both very, very, very winnable games. Mm-hmm. Air Force sits behind us in the standings at 10th. We are now at 9th in the standings. And then San Jose State, they sit second in the Mountain West. This gives us a chance to go to Air Force, do what we're supposed to do on Wednesday, 5.30 at Air Force, beat them, and then take on a pretty good San Jose State team Saturday at 2 p.m. and maybe have a chance to shake things up in the Mountain West standings, get the, get new faces going, and then we're looking ahead to where this is a, this is a chance for us to move up in the standings. You look at San, San Diego State, who sits – Sixth in the Mountain West right now. They're only six and six. So if we get these two games right now, we're sitting at five and eight. It's it's a totally different season. Now, obviously, we're not going to get that first round by. We're not going to be top five teams. But it's a lot better to be sixth or seventh in the Mountain West than eight, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Mm-hmm. I mean, going to the Mountain West tournament, it's completely different animal when you're sitting from that eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh position facing one, two, three, four seeds. And uh, it's just it's not going to be good. So while we have chances to move up, now is the time to do it. Got to take care of business at Air Force Wednesday, 5.30 p.m., and then Saturday, 2 p.m. at San Jose State as well. 
I think that is it for everything. Uh, it's finally baseball month. It's finally February. And, um, yeah, I'll be able to um, watch that. Excited to be able to cover that as well. I know you're excited to cover that. First game, I think February 14th or 12th. 14th, 14th. at the University of Portland. So we'll be able to uh, recap that when that happens as well. Any last thoughts before we close this bad boy up? Uh, kind of a down week for yeah. non-Olympic sports, I'd say. Yeah. Um, our Olympic sports, dragon field, swimming, diving, even our tennis team uh, have has that winning record. Yep. So big props to them for really you know holding it down for the university. Um, just trying to bounce back at this point. Like you said, men's basketball, they've done it time and time again. They did it at the after the Davidson game, after getting blown out. Um, they've done it a couple other times this season. Um, so just trying to bounce back for both of these teams and uh, have a more positive week and really kind of improve our seating when it comes to the Mountain West Tournament time. Yep, couldn't agree more. It has been a great week for Olympic sports. Not so good for non-Olympic sports, but we have a chance to see the Wolfpack tomorrow at home get out to lawler tomorrow 8 p.m you have plenty of time get off work uh eat dinner with the family and go see the wolf pack at lawler event center as we take care of business against the air force falcons thank you guys for giving us your time and like always let's go pack <laughs>